How many of you enjoy a good mystery? Oh, the kids. That's a good mystery. Kids slipping out to their classes or being forgotten, one or the other. That's a mystery. Anybody like a mystery book, movie? Got a few few of you? Okay, we got a few of you. Well, when I was growing up, there was a series that I very much enjoyed, a Christian mystery books that where the main character's name was Danny Orlis. And probably, is there anyone else in the room who is familiar with the Danny Orlis books? My family, my daughters, of course, because, yes, okay. Anyway, they were cool. You can tell by the pictures that they're uh, pretty, pretty old up there. Oh, we're already to Nancy Drew as well there. Hey, okay. Anyway, Nancy Drew was also a favorite when I was growing up, but not with uh, the boys, but with the girls. And then, of course, Sherlock Holmes, uh, you know, one of the favorites, long-term, forever kinds of things. Sometime not long after college, uh, I'm Hardy Boys, yes. I couldn't think of all the zillions of them that there are, and especially I don't know all the newer stuff. So, But anyway, uh, soon after Claire and I were out of college, we were hanging out with some friends. I think it was even around Christmas time. And uh, we were watching an Agatha Christie mystery movie called Murder on the Orient Express. Any of you ever watched it? Any of you ever figured it out? It is one of the most bizarre stories there is. I mean, even when they tell you who did it, you kind of go, really? I didn't get it. But anyway, well, I'm not sure if any of you have realized this or not, but occasionally the Bible is a bit of a mystery story. Has that ever crossed any of your minds before? And one of the most probably mysterious characters is Jesus. For over 500 years, the nation of Israel had been expectantly waiting for this promised Messiah, descendant of David, yet greater than David, who would establish the kingdom of God, reestablishing the nation of Israel and bringing salvation to all. A salvation that would include forgiveness of sins, healing, of sickness and disease and the peace of God that would be greater than the shalom of Solomon's day. This coming Messiah would also abolish death. They would establish a new Jerusalem, bringing great happiness, celebration. The whole of creation would be made new. And then finally, the judgment of all that is evil would take place. 500 years has passed and finally this great day seems to have arrived. A prophet, John The Baptist arrives on the scene. He announces the kingdom of God is near. And then he points at Jesus and he says, this is the one, the Lamb of God, the very Son of God. Jesus launches out into ministry. Tremendous authority, as we looked at last week. The sick are healed. The lame walk. The blind see. The dead are raised. Food is multiplied. And even he commands nature and it obeys. And while many of the expectations of the great prophets were being fulfilled, not all of them seemed to be being fulfilled. He didn't overthrow the Roman political leaders of his day, as was expected. Israel was not being reestablished as a significant world power. The judgment of God was not apparently being released. Jesus even didn't openly declare himself to be the Messiah. The Jewish authorities didn't recognize him as the Messiah. They thought he was an imposter. And even when people attempted to acknowledge him as the Messiah, Jesus would say, shh, keep it a secret. Don't tell anyone. And on one occasion in chapter 6 of John's Gospel, we're told that when Jesus realized that a whole crowd was about to come and take him by force to make him king, he slipped away and withdrew to the mountain by himself. So what is all this secrecy? What is this mystery about the kingdom and Jesus as king? I want to talk about that, but before we do, I want to pray. God, I do ask that you would help us as we consider the mystery of the kingdom. Not only in understanding of what Jesus taught and meant by it, but for the greater understanding, Lord, of the impact that it can have in our lives. So I just welcome you, Holy Spirit, you who inspired and assisted uh, all of the writers of the Bible. Would you now assist us? Would you now uh, cause a, uh, a residency in our hearts and lives as we consider the mystery of the kingdom? And might we be changed and transformed by it? And Father, for our guests that are here, I just ask especially that 
you might be near them, that they might find you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Throughout his ministry, Jesus spoke about the secrets of the kingdom. If you ever were to do a kind of a word search kind of a thing, you can see uh, that word and that topic popping up. In the Hebrew, it's the word razim, and it means the mysterious sayings of the kingdom. A good modern translation, the word being mystery. So let's look at Jesus' explanation of the kingdom and see if we can understand this mystery of the kingdom that he describes. Jesus taught about the kingdom in four primary ways, each one of which has numerous statements by Jesus to support it. When he initially began to preach, Jesus spoke of the kingdom as being near. In Mark 1.15, he declared, the time is fulfilled, time's up. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. It's not here yet, but it's very, very near. When Jesus commissioned the 12 disciples, he said, As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. We've suggested in the past that that near means it's, it's touchable, it's reachable. It's just about there. You can almost touch it. The phrase is near also has the connotation of a woman whose labor pains are advanced. Contractions are coming and the doctors are basically saying this baby is going to come anytime now. Jesus is saying by this, when he is saying this phrase, the kingdom of heaven is near, he's saying that history is pregnant with the near any minute arrival of the kingdom of God. At another time, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And so, again, there's this sense of it's, it's about here. It's almost some of these people around are going to see it. The kingdom of God is coming. It's, it's very, very near, but it hasn't quite arrived yet. Beyond Jesus speaking about the kingdom as being near, he also, however, spoke of the kingdom as being now present. Key passage here is where he speaks about the baton of history being handed from John the Baptist to himself, Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Since that release, since the baptism in the Holy Spirit, since that empowerment, that time in the wilderness, Jesus has gone out. He is forcefully advancing the kingdom of God. The hinge of history has taken place. We're no longer living in a time of expectation. We're now living in a time of fulfillment. And the kingdom of God is powerfully invading history. Then in Luke 11:20, Jesus says, If I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's here. It's at work. My ministry, Jesus is saying, is a demonstration that the kingdom of God is now present. It has arrived in and through me. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is near. He speaks of it, of course, of having arrived. But then it gets a little confusing because Jesus also spoke of the kingdom as being something off in the future. That will come at the end of history. In Matthew 24 and Luke 21, Jesus describes a significant amount of time that's going to pass when there are what he speaks about wars and rumors of wars, kingdoms rising against kingdom. There's going to be a prolonged period of tremendous suffering and tribulation. There's going to be earthquakes, famines, pestilence in various places. He also speaks of fearful events and signs in the sun, moon, stars, and upon the earth that's going to cause people to faint from fear and foreboding. So there appears in that conversation this, this period, just a, a long time, and we have experienced that. Then in Luke 21, 31, though, Jesus concludes by saying this as he was describing those events. Even so, when you see these things happening, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. So he's speaking of the end of the kingdom still being just near, even at the end. So Jesus spoke of the kingdom as something in the future, something coming at the end of history. But then it gets even more confusing, more mysterious. When Jesus spoke of the kingdom as being delayed, there's a number of parables that clearly describe the kingdom as delayed. There's the parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25. It speaks of some of the virgins running out of oil. 
Anybody tell me why they ran out of oil? They didn't have enough, but why did they not have enough? The bridegroom was delayed. He didn't he wasn't getting there in time and they had run out of oil. And what that means in Jewish understanding is that the Messiah's coming had been delayed, speaking of him as the bridegroom. There's the parable as well of the nobleman in Luke 19 who gave money to his servants, talents, um, and, they, and then the nobleman went on a long journey. And after a long time, he returned to see what the servants had done with what he had given them. And Luke says in Luke 19.11 that Jesus told this parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Now, if you're at all confused, you should be. Kind of like when Claire and I watched the murder on the Orient Express. Most of us are left confused about when Jesus thought and was speaking about the kingdom coming, including his disciples. Because if you look at Luke chapter 1, the very day that Jesus is ascending, he's given them some farewell comments and and information. And then then they say, okay, so is this the day it's going to happen? Is your kingdom coming now? And Jesus says, Oive, you still don't get it. They're still confused. They still don't understand. And I think to a great degree, many of us are left in confusion, understanding this thing about the kingdom. When is the was it was it then? Is it now? Is it here? Is it later? When is the kingdom? What exactly is this mystery about? Is it here? Is it near? Is it delayed or is it in the distant future? And the answer is yes. It's all the above. The real mystery of the kingdom that Jesus is trying to help us understand and that the later New Testament writers support uh, incredibly well is that the kingdom is always simultaneously here, near, almost here, Pregnant with the any moment coming, it's delayed and it's future. And it is only by grasping this mystery will we be able to understand the kingdom and operate with it and partner with it. And I would advocate that like a number of very key truths in the Bible, such as the Trinity, God being three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Jesus being fully God and fully man, God being completely sovereign, humankind, yet having free will, that in a similar way, the nature of the kingdom defies normal logic, the way we normally think of rational thinking. Which is why Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, 3, that unless you've been born again, you're not going to get it. That's why Jesus says it's frazim, it's mysterious sayings. On a number of occasions, the disciples you know, are, come to Jesus and they ask him, you know, why do you constantly talking in these riddles and parables? And Jesus says, to you, it has been given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. And he speaks of those having ears to hear and eyes to see. He said, there's this mystery that's going on. There's, there's this understanding of it being near, of it being here of it being delayed and yet future that is absolutely crucial to live a Christian life and experience. And yet it is the very thing that causes living the Christian life somewhat of a challenge. Let me see if I can help us see this in somewhat of a diagram. Prior to God creating humankind in our world, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed in a community of love within the realm of God's rule and kingdom. That was going on since before the beginning. Since as far back as way back as it goes, which is a little difficult for us rational beings to try and figure out. A time before the beginning? Anyway, there was this community of love going on. And God in perfect love created humankind and our world with the purpose of us living in his community of love, living within the realm of his rule and kingdom, ruling over all the world under his kingship. And his whole plan, his whole desire and purpose, 
purpose for humankind was to love and cherish, to serve and to bless us, to welcome us into his community of love. But we all know the story at the beginning. Rather than living in God's community of love within the realm of his rule and kingdom, humankind decided to write their own story, to live their own way of life. And thus, we aligned ourselves with Satan's kingdom. And there is the fall. The result of that decision, the pursuit of life according to what we thought was best, was that our world came crashing down around us and a time described in the Bible as this evil age began. And that's the age that we still live in. What happened is that as we, as humankind, stepped out from under God's rule, thinking that we were going to live under our own rule, we ended up living not under self-rule as we imagined, but under Satan's rule under his dominion and within his kingdom, resulting in the tremendous pain and torment that we now experience in this life. The car accidents, the illness, the loss of children, death, by AIDS, on and on and on it goes. All of these are a result of the evil age that we now live in as a result of Satan's kingdom. But that, of course, is not the end of the story. As a result of God's mercy and grace, the, this evil age will not continue on forever. Someday this evil age and the world as we know it is going to come to an end. And Satan and those who have followed him are going to be judged and God's future kingdom will begin. Then what God intended to happen on earth in the creation of humankind will come to pass in full and there will be the living out for all eternity of his story of love in the age to come, better known as heaven. And this is the... Oops. Can we... We don't have the next slide, I guess. That picture... Can we get one more, Glenn? There we go. This picture here is the picture that the Old Testament prophets had and understood. They were living in the evil age. They were living in a time of difficulty and challenge, a time when Israel had been uh, usurped and overthrown, a time when they were really being demoralized, and, and they understood the king, God's kingdom coming in this picture. At the end of the age, God was going to come back and get everybody else, and they were going to win. That's, that's the Old Testament prophetic understanding. But there's something more to this story that is the real good news. On one hand, this picture appears like good news. Someday we'll be able to experience the plan of God's love story for our lives. But on the other hand, it sounds a bit like some kind of a fairy tale or it seems so distant and far away. It gives us a hope for future, but what about our painful lives now? But as we have been talking about for the past weeks, 2,000 years ago, a man walked onto the scene of our world and he said to the hurting and the broken people of his day, I have good news for you. The power of God's future age has invaded this age and you will now experience and can now experience its blessings even while this evil age goes on. And so we see that the coming of Jesus, the im act of Jesus coming into our world brings the future into the present. And so we see rather than the end coming someday far off, Jesus brought the end early. And so what we are now living in is a, a season, a time, a period when both this evil age, car accidents, deaths, Losses, hurts, and the fullness of God's kingdom is present. Healing, reconciliation of relationships, freedom. Because in the coming of the Christ event, in his birth, life, ministry, death, and resurrection, through the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of the Pentecost, something happened that none of the Old Testament prophets foresaw. The powers and life of God's future age broke into our world ahead of time. Well, Jesus said, 
just in the right time. So in and through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the future has become present. So the kingdom is here, but it is also to come, but it is also near and also delayed. And here's the big challenge, and this is what I'm going to spend next week talking about, that we as Christians now live between the times, experiencing God's kingdom and the age to come, even while Satan's kingdom and this evil age continues. Therefore, we live right in the middle of the mystery of God's kingdom, which makes you and me rather mysterious creatures because we're a part of this mystery. Now, theologians, in order to describe this understanding, have developed some uh, unique language. The phrase that George Ladd of Fuller Theological Seminary used that influenced the founder of the vineyard, John Wimber, as well as myself back when I was in seminary, was the presence of the future, which is also the title of Ladd's book, a book about this thick that you ought to read someday. Another phrase is the already and the not yet. So if we ask the question, is the kingdom of God here already? The answer is yes. If we ask the question, is the kingdom of God not yet here? The answer is yes. The already and the not yet. And then next week, what I want to do is I want to talk about the implications of this kingdom theology, theology particularly as it relates to us as Christians. Because the real key here is that we also are already and not yet people. Many of us have experienced tremendous times and the presence of God changes in our lives and then we stumble and fall. We are walking in an awareness of his presence, a, a sense of peace, a sense of life and joy. We're being able to relate well to others and then bow. Man, we just look as evil as the rest of the world. Down we fall. And the reason that is, is because of this whole paradigm and this whole nature and understanding of the kingdom, that it is here, near, delayed and not yet. And learning to understand that and learning where faith comes in and, and, and grasping this is extremely important for us. And that's where we're headed in the next couple of weeks before Christmas. So what I want to do right now is, as Jesus did and as we did last week, I want to give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to bring his presence and his kingdom to bear here now in this place. Jesus, we said last week, would preach and then he would minister. Tell and show, I said. And that's the nature of the kingdom, is to be able for to be able to talk about it, but then also to demonstrate it. That it isn't something that just happens occasionally. It's not something that we can't necessarily, it's something we can partner with. It's something that we can participate in. It's something that we can look for to be a part of our lives and to see it happen. So that's what we're going to do. So we're going to pray and we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit to come and be with us to accomplish the deeds that he wants to accomplish. He does that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us who are Christians and followers of Christ have the gifts of the Spirit of God working in us. We're not just limited to any particular one, but instead all can express all of the gifts. And so in a time like this, we can look to those who are more familiar with the working of the Holy Spirit, but anyone can partner and participate in this. And we'll be talking more about how that all works come January. Father, I thank you that you want us to understand this mystery. And not only to understand it, not only to have a, uh, a rational grasp of this concept, but to understand that we live every moment of every day with the kingdom of God being 
near. Ready to break in. And that if we, as your kids, would be alert and ready, that you're ready to change history, to change a life, to change a thought or a pattern. So we welcome you now to do it again. Let your kingdom come. This is not about us. We're just simply conduits of your kingdom and of your power. Lord, it's you who has it all. You can heal. You can save. You can deliver. You can give sight. And we welcome you to do that. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. Give us understanding of what you are doing, Father. You are here. You are always at work, Jesus said. There's a couple different things that I'm sensing right now. And one is is that I have a sense that um, the Lord wants to give some words of encouragement. So I'm getting a nod from a leader. Thank you. That's good. So if, if any of you who, uh, any of you, I mean, there's quite a few here that have been trained in, in um, giving words of encouragement. Um, if we could have just a few of you come on up. Martha, why don't you come up if you could. David. And then if there's a couple others that would like have a sense possibly uh, of the Lord doing that, that would be good. Jesus, um, many of the uh, times that Jesus was ministering to people, he would um, tell them things about themselves. Uh, the woman at the well, um, Zacchaeus, the, the guy up in the tree, knew his name. And um, many times, um, Nathaniel under the fig tree, all, all kinds of times uh, that, that that was used as an initiatory way of sort of catching people's attention. Seeing the kingdom demonstrated in that way. Uh, we have a, a ministry on the first Friday of each month uh, called First Fridays where uh, uh, David and his wife Mariana and a number of others uh, here uh, partner down at what's called First Fridays, a uh, location downtown. And they do this there with crowds of people. And the stories, they just did this on, on Friday night. And the, and the stories are always uh, incredible of uh, people being startled uh, by the kingdom of God, though they don't necessarily always know that's what it was that they experienced. So I'm just going to let us start here.
Um, and then there's a few other things the Lord wants to do. So if any of you have a sense of leading, David, Mike, Martha, Clara, Tina, we'll let you start. This is really more for the whole body of Christ that's here um, for this section of the body of Christ. Um, seven women just came back from a prayer retreat praying for, on behalf of the church. And something that came very clear to us was that we are in a cocoon. And um, when you're in a cocoon, you know, if you've ever seen a cocoon, the first time I saw one, I thought it was a bunch of cobwebs and kind of yucky and should be thrown away, stepped on. Doesn't look very alive, doesn't look very attractive, but there's a working happening inside the cocoon of life, of change from an ugly caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. And if you were to open the cocoon too soon, you would harm the capacity and life of the butterfly. So you have to just let it be. And there is working happening inside that we can't see. And so the Lord wants to encourage the church today today, that he is working inside of us. It looks kind of ugly and dead and very much not going to happen. But he's working inside and he's creating something very beautiful and is morphing. It is changing. And when she comes forth, she's going to be a beautiful butterfly very different than what she looked like when she went in. And so if you are personally experiencing what looks like something should be thrown away or it's very dead, God's saying, no, look who's so smart. It's only mostly dead. Okay? And you're actually very alive, and God is doing something very real inside of you individually, but definitely corporately. This is the word for the church. And so we are knitted together. And God is doing an awesome thing. And hang in there. In his timing, we will be able to crawl out of the cocoon and see life in a very different way than when we went in. And we'll get to fly. I like flying. Okay? That's my word of encouragement to the body. Jordan. Yes, you. I just want to say personally, it sounds weird coming from, from behind. <laughs> right? Meet myself coming up behind me. Um, I want to say that I personally am proud of you for um, what you have done in the last year of your life, especially when in uh, d- determining to go to school and getting started, and that was a, a major shift. Um, but beyond that, the Lord Himself, he, He's also, He's extremely proud of you. And He is going to, He has been, and is going to continue to reward the decisions that you've made that, and that you make that are um, kingdom generated. You're going to see an acceleration in some areas of your life. This is for my new friend, Alex. Alex, the Lord Jesus loves you. And he knew you before you were knitted in your mother's womb and has a call in your life and has been watching you through your personal pain. And he has cried. Um, When you thought you were very alone, he was with you, crying with you. And he loves you very much and he is 
so excited. You're one of the things that lightens up his coming here on Sundays. He's seen you walk through those doors because he's been waiting for a long time to let you know him and for you to experience his love and acceptance. And, um, you know, uh, your friends are very important to you. And right now they're your guides. So listen to them. They're guiding you for the way on for you. And um, I'm glad you're here. Is it your birthday today? Yesterday. Happy birthday, Alex. Yeah. First Friday, sometimes we have people standing in front of us and they're like, okay, come on. Uh, But it isn't magic and you don't make it up. And so there's uh, an element in which you simply wait until you have uh, that initiation of a sense, uh, a place to start. Uh, One of the things that tends to happen uh, in this expression of ministry is... um, a little bit like the breaking of a dam. Uh, once it starts, it seems to come more. And so that's uh, one of the things that's happening even here right now among us as we wait on him. <laughs> you know, I feel really close to all of you right now. I feel like when I'm out there shaking hands, I'm actually putting my fingers in your fur. And sometimes I get a little burr. I'm like, ooh, it's a burr there. <laughs> but some of you come really clean and expectant. Robin, Jesse, this is your last Sunday with us and we want to send you with God's blessing. And the Lord wants you to know His eyes upon you. He's watching you. He's going to go with you guys. He's already got a place for you. He's got a people for you. And you're going to prosper in this move. It's going to be a good move. And you're going to have some major transitions going on wherever you're going. Some significant changes. It's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Thank you for being with us during this season. We've enjoyed you coming. So, but you're not, you're going with power. Yeah, that's good. And I want to say a word for Jeff. Uh, Jeff, um, the Lord wants you to know that you are his uh, fishing bud, that he liked hanging out with fishermen. Uh, He got to uh, find a lot of spiritual truth in that activity and was able to get some of his best parables from his fishing friends about nets and fishing and catching and bait and cleaning and uh, God wants you to know that he's with you when you're playing hooky. Uh, but he's got a hook on you. And I just sense like the Lord is going to really give you opportunities with men. Increase opportunity with men. And that you're going to have the ability to um, lead them to the Lord. So he's with you. We love you. The young lady that's behind Jordan, I'm sorry, I don't know her name. <laughs> What's your name, hon? Jackie? Jacqueline? Um, I just felt like the, uh, the Lord wants to know that even though you are not uh, maybe uh, very outspoken and you kind of stay behind the scenes and uh, stay in crowds and stuff, that uh, he wants you to know that uh, he has singled you out and that he knows you very well and he has his eye on you so be encouraged (laughs) Um, draw near to him because he has great plans for you
David, uh, this is a word for you. Just God wants to encourage you to let you know that you are among family. you David um, I just wanted to encourage you that um, life may not always seem like it's going in your direction and, and generally that's because God's direction may not necessarily be your direction um, things may seem unfair at times and things may seem like they're not hunky-dory and such but give it time and, and God has plans for your life and God is going to do amazing things in it um, I've felt that since the day I met you. Um, you know, lay back and relax and enjoy the ride, and one day you're going to wake up and everything's going to be completely different. Your life's going to blossom like the butterfly out of the cocoon. And just have faith and patience. Chris. Chris, the Lord has his hand on you. It is directly on you. The thing is, is that um, a lot of times it just rests on people. But with you, he's acting. And so um, you've been experiencing some things because the Lord is acting on your behalf. And it's created what looks like turmoil. Uh, looks like, And you probably feel like that you're in a tornado. Um, or the other picture that I saw was um, like in a mixing bowl getting getting beat up. Okay. But the, what my encouragement to you is this is what the what I believe the Lord is doing is in, in here's what how I'm encouraging you to think of this time is that you're actually in a washing machine. Okay. And it's not real comfortable necessarily. You know, and you're going you're still going round and round and and uh, up and down and then there's the matter of the dryer but the, but when you come through on the other side you know when you think of of anything that needs you know any, that that needs cleaning or uh, that needs attention you know it's rusty or it's dirty or it's um you know it's a, a, a field that's overgrown that needs to be mowed or just something that needs some attention it's time for your attention, and God has given you um, the grace to get through it. I'm aware of some elements of your life, but as I just looked at you just a moment ago and was sort of asking the Lord, is there something for him? I felt like he said yes, and the, the, the image, the picture I got was of between semesters at school. There's often a break, sometimes whether it be the winter break or summer break, um, that you have completed at some level a season of life and there is still much more and that you're kind of in an in-between time right now. But the Lord just wants to assure you that the path ahead is full and rich and uh, that you are not going to be left behind, uh, so to speak, but that there is more ahead and you can be confident in him and in his leadership to lead you where you need to go. something that I, I hope you'll be able to relate to um, since what I'm seeing is the the locks <laughs> in uh, Panama. I don't know if you've studied them being from there or not, but um, there's a process that the ships have to go through to get from one ocean to the other. You know, and they have to, because the different oceans are different levels, and so they have to bring the water level equal once you pass through the first lock, and then 
you go through and go out the other lock into the ocean. And what, I, what I'm seeing, Juan, is that you, you are in between the locks right now, and you're on a journey, and you are getting close. You're close, getting very close to where the uh, second lock will be opening up, and you'll be released into the ocean and uh, on a new exploration and a new adventure. I want to encourage the McKay family. Uh, Nigel and Joyce, you have done such an awesome job with your kids. And anything you've ever worried about, are they going to turn out all right? <laughs> you just wait and see. You're going to just go, I cannot believe what they've grown up to be. And they're going to go beyond your greatest thoughts for them. They're going to become greater than that. Things you have just no ability to see right now. But they're pillars. They're strong pillars in the kingdom of God. They have God's favor. Each one of them. Not just one of them. Each one of them have God's favor on them. And they don't have to ever hide behind any shadow of one of their siblings. They'll make a big enough shadow on their own. So Trent, just wait and be, keep exploring. You're going to find it, and it's going to be really good. And sweet Chelsea, we love you, and we know you're going to be a pillar, strong, beautiful, successful. And Marissa, you're shine. You just shine, honey. I've had dreams already about some of your kids in the night that I'm praying over. And um, I'm glad that I get to see it. I'm going to get to see it. So we just want to thank you, McKay's, Joyce, and Nigel, for blessing us with their presence and sacrificing for them because they are going to really bless the whole body of Christ, not just you guys. God is here. He's present with us tonight. And there's still more that He wants to do. Some of you have come. You haven't had a word particularly for you, but you've come with a need. And um, we would like an opportunity to pray with you, to speak with you, and to welcome His kingdom further and more um, affluently into your life. If you would be interested in that. And we're going to have a time in just a minute where We'll conclude the service, and if you would like to come up, uh, these folks here and perhaps others would be welcome to uh, be happy to extend to you his love and his kingdom graces to you tonight. Um, I do also want to share a couple of other uh, kinds of word of knowledge that uh, I received earlier when we were praying, and that is that I sense that there is uh, someone here tonight who is having a challenge with their hamstring. And um, is hamstring the one back here? I'm looking to the medical doctor back there for help. Um, anyway, uh, and I, I don't know if there's a particular uh, issue or, or condition that someone's dealing with relative to a hamstring, but hamstring, uh, I believe that there's a need for some prayer for that. And then also a torn ligament. And uh, I had the sense of knee, but I'm not positive about that. And that may mean because there's a couple of them. Um, one there and one someplace else. And someone battling with uh, or just pressed by. Uh, a torn ligament of some kind, muscular. I guess the ligament's not a muscle, is it? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Knees connected to the head bone, and head bone's connected to the elbow, and anyway. Okay. Um, sometimes it can be helpful for those of you who just received words of encouragement to actually come up uh, for an opportunity for the team to uh, pray with you uh, about that, uh, possibly to clarify uh, what they shared um, and or just to continue to sow into you 
um, the Lord has identified uh, a need and something uh, in your life tonight, particularly that he wanted to bring encouragement and there could be more that he wants to do. So, Father, we thank you. Okay, David's going to do a couple, then I'll leave. Okay, I have a couple things. Uh, Nigel, don't run off. <laughs> the lumbar region of the back, which is, what is lumbar? Which area? The whole back? Low back, lower back. Okay, so um, potentially someone with experience in lower back pain or uh, problems or difficulties of one kind or another. Um, and then the one thing that was pretty specific is that Someone has been experienced a traumatic, um, had a traumatic experience at some part point of their life, and they haven't completely worked through. Um, and they want to get victory over their thought life in terms of um, no longer considering themselves, you know, the uh, focusing on the victim side of things. And God wants to release you from that. And then the last thing is a. Um, since it's early, and of course we, it's after Thanksgiving, but it's early in December. So um, if this is a time of year where you experience the holiday blues, I think God wants to minister to that as well. And so and that's a, the uh, encouraging words ministry is, in, is a perfect uh, uh, counter to that. So, One more while David was sharing. I just had a sense that someone here has had some type of an injury to your eye, possibly being struck or hit and has left some damage that the the Lord wants to address tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for your kingdom that is present. Lord, your kingdom that is near. Even the elements of the delay that we don't understand, we thank you. And we thank you that there is yet a future hope as well. And so we welcome the fullness of your kingdom here tonight to continue your work in us and through us. And might we be those um, butterflies that have been morphed into the very image of Christ. And might we carry forth that message and that word to a very broken, needy, and hurting world that really needs some good news. Help us, Lord, as well, to be good news this Christmas season, that we might bring the light that we have, whatever level that is, to those who live in darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace to you. Thank you for coming and being with us this afternoon. Uh, Look forward to seeing you again. Come on up for some more ministry or prayer or words if you would like that. And if not, we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless. Have a great week. Oh, there is a reminder. Those of you who are newcomers with us, we have our Pizza with the Leaders tonight. Um, So please come up to Clara or I, and we can get you where we need to go. God bless. God bless.